teachers, all of them have so much on their plates right now. And let's face it, if it isn't a task they're directly responsible for, things are being backburnered just for survival, if nothing else. Welcome to Reaching Struggling Learners, episode 24. Today, we're going to talk about ways that special education teachers can encourage a little more general ed teacher involvement in IEPs. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. Special education teachers are truly a unique type of teacher. Unfortunately, they can really bear the brunt of the abuse in the education system. These teachers work with the students that needed more than what the gen ed curriculum could provide, than the gen ed teachers even could provide, as awesome as they are. They're responsible for so much paperwork, including legal documents, and they have to figure out how to get an entire team of people on the same page let alone in the same room, for multiple students, multiple times during the school year. No one can say that special education teachers don't have a full plate. But when I speak to these teachers, the biggest frustration is all the paperwork, particularly getting input from general education teachers in, you know, a timely way. So for anyone who may not know, According to IDEA, general education teacher input must be included in an IEP, just like parent input has to be put in there. Their input really is vital to the document as a whole, but also to how the services would be planned and implemented. Yet special education teachers tell me all the time that they have a really hard time getting gen ed teacher input for IEPs. So what's a special education teacher to do? First up, when seeking gen ed teacher input, how far in advance do you start? Even though it should be, I mean, let's be honest, giving input on a document they're not writing is not going to be a top priority for gen ed teachers, especially since very few really understand the consequences for an out of compliance IEP. I suggest that just like when you give parents lots of warning about meetings, you give the gen ed teachers lots of warning and start soliciting their input from the very moment you schedule that meeting. When you send the meeting invitation, send a questionnaire or a survey with it so that they know what's needed right off the bat. For new gen ed teachers, Talk to them at the beginning of the school year when they first start, you know, when they're fully, you know, buried under all the other things that they're trying to do. But talk to them at some point when they kind of start getting their head above the water about what you need and how early you need it so that you have time to think about it and add it into that IEP draft that you're going to work on. 
Letting them know that their input is valuable is also very helpful. Everybody is way more likely to do something if they know that the person they're doing it for appreciates their time and their input and is really going to put thought into how they respond to it. For this reason, I really like to add a note with my surveys that I send out. Um, it, it just explains that I appreciate their input, their opinions, and once I get their input back, I always send a thank you note as a follow-up. Again, just because everybody really likes to be appreciated, especially right now with all the stress and the craziness, it's just a small thing that I can do to encourage prompt participation next time. And you know what? It really works. Teachers who I've sent those notes to are way more likely to quickly complete the surveys next time I ask, which, you know, makes my life easier. And, you know, I like when my life is easier. So it's, it's worth the little bit of extra time that it takes to, you know, attach notes to surveys, put a quick thank you in their box, that kind of stuff. Um, I've also been known to bribe my teachers with chocolate, um, especially those, you know, tough nugget teachers that take a while and they lose surveys and all that kind of stuff. I'm not above bribery when it comes to getting some input. There are always those teachers who are so very difficult to get their input from. It really seems like no matter how hard you try or how much energy you put into getting their input... They just don't seem to understand how much that input is needed or how valuable it is. For those teachers, and I do not do this often, I send emails requesting information after I've already sent my initial please give me info note and the survey. And I know when I sent my first request in the email, and I have been known to CC an administrator to emails just to get a little bit more fire under them to get some information. Yeah, I know. No one wants to be the recipient of that email with their boss CC'd on it. And very few really want to be the person sending it. I know I hate sending those emails. But at the end of the day, even if they don't want it to be, it is part of that gen ed teacher's job to give input on IEPs. Our students really are general education students first, and writing an IEP only on information from when the student is in the special education setting, it doesn't paint a clear picture of that student and what they need to be successful. So I would CC administrators to help motivate some gen ed teachers. Not very often. Like I said, I hate doing it, but if I have to, I will. And I do that also to document all my attempts to get input. If they still refuse to give me the information I needed, hey, at least I have documentation that I really reached out and I tried to, to get that information. Luckily, I've only had to send those type of emails a few times because, let's face it, unresponsive teachers seem to get the hint pretty quickly and they'll get the information to me really quickly after that. It's pretty rare that I have to send a teacher more than one of those emails after I've CC'd an admin on it. So I've mentioned a few times about my notes and my surveys. I guess I should let you know that I use the same notes and survey all year long. 
My survey, it's a really short survey. It touches on concerns usually found in gen ed classrooms, as well as an area to add in more unique concerns, comments, that kind of stuff. I've added seasonal or really like kind of monthly seasonal borders to them so that the surveys look a little different throughout the year, even though the questions are exactly the same. But seeing a pretty paper that doesn't look exactly like the last one, it seems to be a little bit more motivating for busy teachers. I mean, I like things that look a little more thought was put into it. It helps me just mitigate that, oh great, another one of these forms feeling that we all have it seeing the same form over and over again. I'll do just about anything to encourage participation, especially now when I know how busy my gen ed teachers are and how stressed they are. I literally will do anything to encourage that participation. So hey, if you'd like to take a look at what I use, I'll go ahead and put the link in the show notes for you to take a look. Whether you take a look or not, I want to leave you thinking about how you can show your appreciation for the input that you receive. I've found that that's a simple, just effective way to get more gen ed teacher input. Thank you so much for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode number 24. Leave me a comment, put a rating for the podcast on iTunes, and until next time, may your coffee be strong, your paperwork pile small, and your paper clips plenty. 